In times like these, being a citizen is a big job. Thank you for joining us to celebrate the virtues of self-rule and debate the state of our republic. Welcome to the Citizen's Prerogative Podcast. This is the voice of your nerdy host, Michael Piscatelli, and we are all graced with the presence of a co-host whose passion for our republic precedes him everywhere he goes. My dear friend, the lovely Raymond Wong. I woke up like this. Thank you. (laughs) Ah, this is episode number one. Excuse me. This is season one, episode number four. And the name of it is, What's the Good Citizen to Do? Fun fact, uh, I mispronounced the title, but the title is hard to say. And it got a a grade rating of zero uh, in the app that I use to give me the grade of the writing. (laughs) And so I wanted to keep it uh, for no other good reason other than to perhaps offend any grammar police that are out there. But since you don't know what it actually says, there's no way you can be offended. Oops. Rage against the machine. I, hey. I, I support you. We should not settle for gram- grammatical limitations. Amen. I feel like I'm walking on the wild side. All right. We have a few topics on the docket. Today, we're uh, going to talk about something we've been dancing around for a little bit, and we're only dancing around it just so that we can cover these things one thing at a time. <laughs> um, so learning today is going to be up on the agenda, and the way we've captured that for our show notes here, it says, learning is for humans, education is for robots. The other topic we're going to talk about is logic. We're going to talk about logical fallacies. The idea of fallacy, not in a phallic way. And we're also going to talk about debate. We're going to talk about all three of those things together. <laughs> I'm glad fun. you uh, clarified because I actually, uh, I'll have to rechange what I was going to say about the uh, fallacy. So uh, thanks for clarifying. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to nip off your bud there. And then the last topic we're going to cover are facts versus truths. We'll see. This is all pretty still off the cuff. It's episode four. Let's dial it up. Let's dive into topic number one. Learning is for humans. Education is for robots. Let me do my piece, Ray, and then I'll stop. And then you can take over because I know you're going to drop some wisdom on us. You mean how we've been running it? Sounds good. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Um, So uh, learning is for humans, okay? And it's something that we're not taught to do, to learn. Uh, It's something we're born to do. we're creative creatures, but education being for robots because education is um, an idea that isn't involved in learning. Uh, education is more like programming. That's the argument that we're going to put forth, and it's definitely open for debate. Um, and just remember, right now, these are lowercase words. Uh, learning is capital case because it begins the sentence. Uh, that is grammatical. However, education is lowercase. And if they were both somewhere else in, you know, in the middle of a sentence, they're both going to be lowercase because we're talking about these ideas. Okay. I know the word education can call to mind for a lot of people, public school, and that's a component. Um, But there's so many forms of education out there. I mean, education, throw, replace it, synonym, is indoctrination, programming, indoctrination. The, the word education for us is triggering because we really associate it in those ways because it is not learning. It is not teaching you how to use your brain. It is not teaching you how to ingest information or discern information once you've ingested it and vomit out the stuff that's not good for you. <laughs> that we are not taught how to use our brains in such a manner. And what, how silly, hmm. It's almost like there might be a reason for that. I'm going to stop. I always like to pull into the, um, you know, the, you know, where is it coming from? Where does this come from? Where does this logic or debate come from? So it comes from a multitude of places for me. Um, So learning is so important when when we, so take it from me, I've trained individuals fresh out of college, fresh out of high school. I have for, for corporate institutions, I have hired individuals fresh out of high school, fresh out of college, for corporate or university, if you want to get technical, um, for corporate institutions. And let me tell you something is that most people come in with absolutely no idea 
how to learn. And it's a struggle for enterprise. We actually have to teach them the job and teach them how to think critically because the education system does not typically do that. The education system teaches them to uh, copy the notes, uh, put together a good uh, essay. It has all these components to check the box. Again, uh, very robotic routines, if you will, uh, to get through the college system. It's very systematic. The entire system, frankly, education is very uh, robotic and structured in a way because if you think about humans, um, excuse me, if you think about our society, the industrial age where education came to bear, the education system was created to make good factory workers, right? So the traditional factory worker wasn't really allowed to think. Um, it, there were no rights, there were no protections, there were no good working conditions. Sounds like a robot to me. So our education system in a sense was built to create robots. Um, so I think, Michael, you make a really good point. Um, if we think about it, uh, that is the big challenge of, of how we have to change what kind of humans we're developing in the education system. Uh, we're no longer, the factory jobs like that are, are not like that. The factory workers of the future have to troubleshoot and figure out what's going on with the, ro the, ro the robots now, right? So now it's a completely different skill set. However, our education system remains exactly the same. It's grading system, the way it gets you on a schedule to arrive at class on time, the disciplinary structure, it's all meant to mimic the working environment. It's all meant to make you a robot. Or at least make robotic things more palatable. It's, yeah, it's trying to, I mean, these are gonna be big statements, but we've been saying we're gonna make big statements. The point is to dehumanize you. The point is, is to take all of the um, bits and parts that stick out that don't fit quite into the mold quite right. It might cause some problems or grade against things, or you might not know your place right, um, unless you've been through something that dehumanizes you a little bit, right? It, it's designed to conform you to a certain set of standards. In some ways, it's pitched as like, oh, the standard is the knowledge and skill to deliver a paper. Yeah, okay, that's a skill. I mean, why so much emphasis? Why? And I don't even know. There's an argument to be made how effectively the system even gets people to do that. But, um, you know, you, you talked about college. You know, there's, there's a very specific... The institutions that have been set up have were set up for serving specific purposes, right? Um, college is one and then high school and then grade schools, um, you know, they're, they're all kind of set against uh, trying to achieve a certain result uh, with the maximum number of people, right? You got a raw good coming in the front end. <laughs> you have to get it conformed to a certain stage by a certain point. Now we're applying tests, we're applying Six Sigma methodology to the assembly line, right? Because now we've got tests between certain grades to assess the quality of right. the system's work in conformity. <laughs> At no point along the way does it stop to assess how well this person's gonna actually perform in the real world. It has no cognitive acknowledgement. It doesn't functionally uh, try to get people prepared for the world that they're going to be very summarily dropped into at the end of the conveyor. Right. And so what do you do? So then you depress the whole system, right? So you, you keep the, the kids stuck in the classroom. You keep their parents stuck at work. You keep the teachers in poverty so they cannot be true philosophers and not help expand thought. You keep the resources of the education system limited. So we cannot provide that level of education, that level of thought, that level of engagement. Folks, this is not an accident. We didn't get here on accident. The people that have the power to turn the budget and give the dollars where they're due, the schools are not choosing not to innovate. The schools are trying to survive. They don't have the capacity to innovate because we have not invested. And that is purposeful. Again, they don't want you to take ownership of your republic. They don't want you to take ownership of your economy and they don't want you to live true freedom because people are afraid of true freedom at the top. And we don't know why, but we're going to try to get to that. We're going to try to understand that. That's an excellent point. I mean, coming out of these systems, all one knows how to do is how to operate inside the system 
that's constructed for it or it's constructed for. It doesn't teach you how to figure out anything for yourself. <clears throat> There's an argument to be made. Somebody might come back at that and say, well, what if I got a business degree? What if I got a degree in business management or something like that? It's like, okay, <laughs> you're going to learn a lot of theory, <laughs> you know, and that's, that's great if you're going to teach the theory of business, <laughs> um, you know, and, and I'm not, take a step back. We're not saying there's no value in what you learn. I'm going to talk a lot about what I wish I learned, what I did learn from our education system. I wish I had learned when and why, and instead of something else. And the whole point is, is because I desire, we desire a system that prepares humans to perform at their, at their best to, to figure out what it is they even want to do. We're all born with some innate pull or drive in some direction with innate talents. There's some, there's something distinct. Everyone's born a snowflake unless you're yeah. a, a, a twin. Yep. There's something about you and I'm not going to get religious, but you're here for a reason. You're good at something. You have an inclination. Society needs you. And I, our system does not do anything to help you figure that out or, or figure out your placement in society or the world that you're going to be in. No, no, don't worry about that because you just need to show up for your minimum wage job. Now, Michael, you're taking my job as the passionate one. You're supposed to be the logical and, and very calming voice. But uh, so let's talk a little bit about where universities came from and all that. So it's important to note that um, the university was an opportunity for the well-to-do of, of our country to uh, mix, match, network, find their future employers and their future wives. The women were sent to school to find a suitable husband. Most women did not go to university if they had a husband because the purpose of the university was to find a suitable mate. So within your class. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope those of you that are, and here's the thing, I'm gonna be very honest, I'm anti-education even though I support my partner and he acquired his degree and I'm so proud of him, but I am anti-education, I'm against it. I think the system is self-serving and there's some challenges there and you have to understand the context of where I'm coming from and I'll give it to you, is that when the universities were created, some of them built by slaves, um, they were meant as a meeting ground for the well-to-do and the social elite. Okay, now universities are just a machine that is trying to self-sustain itself. Does it have a place in society? Yes. But should you have to spend your family's entire fortune for them to go to school? And, and, and that is the that is where we're saying something's if, wrong. If we're gonna share our knowledge with you, then you better be indebted to us. That's, what is that? It shocked me because my partner, when he did go to, he was transferring to institution, the counselor said, and I was like, well, at least they're honest. That's the only thing I could say. The counselor said, you need to spend a certain amount of money with our institution before we'll issue you a degree. I said, thank you. I was like, wow, thank you for being honest. I need to spend a certain amount of money. It's not that we're going to provide you a well-rounded education or these are the minimum requirements for you to be a good human. It's we need your money before you can have our piece of paper, right? Yep. And if, you know what, and there are people out there, Ray, I mean, just the benefit of those people that are out there that feel like, oh, I got every penny's worth for my degree. Well, good, right? We're not saying people like that don't exist. Right. Like you, you used it, you took advantage of it, right? Like you, you made sure you got something out of that, but that was, you know, that was a choice. That wasn't what, that was set up to do, you were smart. You were like, well, I'm paying my money. I better, I better, you know, get all the blood out of the stone I can. Cause you know, that this is my shot. But recognize that, the, that, that was, you had privilege. You had the luxury or the luck or the convenience or the means or the credit score. Or you jumped through the hoops. Fund that. You, you were able to through. jump through the hoops. You got the scholarship. So congratulations. But the, the problem is there is that there is a whole segment of people that weren't even close enough, that never even had the opportunity to even try. And you were smart. Yes. And that is, you're going to continue to see that success. What we're saying is that all of the smart people in the world and the United States in particular, which we're focused on, need to remember that being smart is worth nothing when you're dead. But leaving a legacy, helping bring people along with you is so important. So you can be the most 
intelligent, enlightened person in the world. But are you truly enlightened if you do not go back to the communities that you rose above and then help them rise as well or, or provide a beacon or do something? Citizen's prerogative means that we're asking you, what is your prerogative? Like, what do you do as a citizen to invest in learning? You know, and that means that people learn from you, even as, as a person who's very knowledgeable, going and reading to children. You can help them learn, be a mentor, help them learn, be a big brother. That program's worthwhile. But if you're sitting your sitting in your, uh, your room, reading your newsletters and sipping your cappuccino and giving your opinion all day, you're helping nobody. And there's a lot of intellectuals that do that, frankly, and a lot of, and, and, and frankly, academia. That's your biggest weakness is you, you, you do a lot of theory and, and limited action. And that's just my call to action personally. <laughs> you know, we didn't, um, there, are, there aren't a significant number of prompts for this particular topic and it, it's a big one. Um, we're not going to get much probably into, not on this episode, we're not going to get into proposals about solutions for this thing. Again, we're still um, laying a foundation here. So we want you to understand our perspective when we're talking about learning and we're talking about education. Those, those have very severe meanings to us. They're very specific, you know. And, and we're just laying it out there for you right now. So learning is for you. Learning is for all of us. It's something that we should be doing for ourselves and for each other. Um, knowledge is power is not just a phrase. <laughs> um, it's a coded part of our society. It's a coded language in our society, uh, which is sad. Um, and, and we're going to talk about they at some point. I, I know somewhere in here, one of these episodes, we keep referring to they 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 right now it's very you know out there we will bring it home we will talk about who they is and it's not about gender just to be clear mm -hmm. i mean we can talk about that too i'm not saying we won't i'm but when we're when we talk about what's the motivation for a system that doesn't teach humans how they should leverage all the capacity all their hardware I mean, there's a reason for that. And that's the they, that's what we're going to talk about. And, and we'll talk about how it's, it's a series of intended or unintended consequences. We're not so smart. We're not so smart. Or not, definitely not so arrogant. You know, I, I think that's what's important is I always tell people, you know, and we live it in our household, I say, seek those that look for truth. Seek them out. Go with them. Hang out with them. People that are looking for the truth, hang around them, run from those that found it, run like hell from those that have found the truth. Because the, the fact of the matter is that we're, we're, we're dynamic, we're living, right? There is no truth. Our truth changes. At one time, the world was flat. At one time, only men were capable of voting. Ladies and gentlemen, you have to look for those individuals that keep asking questions and run from those that sit on a couch and say, this is how the world works and this is how the world runs and we are right. If Michael and I ever, first off, show up on a couch talking like that, we expect our audience to, uh, you know, go ahead and drag us to the streets, frankly. Oh, club me. Take yes, me out. because I never want to be in that position. So many people, once they get into the elite club, then they, then they hold on to all the cookies and they hold on to the pie. And, I, and, and they're guilty. Education itself is a beast. There are people making six figures in education, but why is it the people not on the ground? You know, there's, there's something wrong there. It's, it's the administrators, right? It's the people in power. It's not your teachers. It's not, it's not, your, it's not the librarians. It is the, the administrators. It's the people. It's the superintendent. It's all those higher level positions that know what's going on because they are at that level to be a philosopher. And what are they doing with that power? It's something, it's interesting too, because it's a structure you see emerge in systems built by people with scarcity mindsets um, because they need to create filters and barriers. There's not enough for everybody. So you've got to be able to demonstrate your capability in these ways. They set up their own rules. They set up their own maze around a resource that doesn't belong to them. 
and why do you accept it? You accept it because the culture of our country is the wrath race. Uh, the culture of our country is life sucks and then you die. It, that's, that, is the, that is the mantra of the United States. And frankly, it is depressing. And, and when people even come from out of our country, immigrants, they say, wow, this place I thought it was going to be, you know, all this opportunity. They say it was one of the hardest things they've ever done. And I'm not saying it shouldn't be difficult, but we shouldn't be so resistant to creating, you know, to bringing people into the system because radicalism happens. And frankly, we have radicalism in our, 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 um, our domestic, uh, you know, of civil, uh, uh, civilians and our immigrants. We have some discontent there because we make it so hard to achieve just the minimum standard in the United States. And there's a lot of our own citizens who are disenfranchised. And we see that in the polls, we see that in the elections that are going on, uh, people are disenfranchised, honestly disenfranchised because we make it hard for everybody to get a piece. Again, piece of the pie. I wanna get away from the piece of the pie. There is just a pie in the sky, no piece. Everybody can have pie. I think we're gonna, I, I think that's a good, point to transition into the next set of topics here um we'll go through the mid-roll and carry on because learning all this is going to be it will, i'm sure we'll be coming back to it i mean at the end of the day i think that's this whole thing is all about it mm -hmm. <laughs> <No> point <laughs> ah, i love it even though you've heard it before it's still true the war is never over and every battle counts I know you are tirelessly demonstrating good citizenry on the daily through your actions, your words, and when you donate your money and your time to causes that matter. Thank you for that. I want you to know that we also need your help to stay on mission and grow this community. One of the best ways you can help is by subscribing to Citizens Prerogative Podcast and signing up to our newsletter at citizendogood.com. Then you can stay up to date on all of our latest posts, our uh, episodes, any new merch we might have coming out, any live events that might be happening. While you're there, pick up some merchandise at our shop. You can also support us through Patreon, which will grant you access to exclusive content and discounts. Head over to citizendogod.com right now before the end of this episode. Go do it. Thanks for your support. We know some of you maybe have supported us uh, for years now. Maybe you're listening to this episode for the first time. Maybe you're re-listening to it uh, as an annual reunion. But regardless, we could not do this without you. And we thank you for making us part of your republic. So for topic number two, we're looking at logic, logical fallacies, the art of debate. So the interesting thing is, is, um, and I, you know what I think? I think we're going to collapse two and three into one or <laughs> two and three into number two. I think we're just going to combine the last two topics and talk about them together. Sure. Because the idea of facts versus truths, just it, it is just woven. It's woven with the fabric of logic and fallacies and debate. Um, so I kind of want to switch them up and, and start with the idea of a fact versus a truth. And then, and then we can, double click a little bit on each of those using lenses like logic and fallacy and debate context. So the idea of a fact, let's just start there. Facts are facts because they, they exist in a way that we don't object to them, right? An event either has or hasn't happened. A color either is or isn't a certain color as we all can agree on, as we all perceive it to be, right? Um, a, a rock is hard. It's if you threw it at somebody in the head, they're going to bleed. Like these types of things are facts. And anybody who disagrees with them tells you more about them than they are going to change how hard a stone is by disagreeing, right? That's why a fact is a fact. A fact is a fact because it can't be changed based on somebody's view or opinion or perspective. It's even if we choose not to agree on it, we can agree on it because it's something that's immutable. It's not something any one of us could have altered. So there's a fact for you. <laughs> um, truths, true, the truth, truth is what we experience. Each of us experiences a truth. A rock probably experiences a truth. If you asked Mere Wood, Mere Wood, <laughs> if you asked Mere, John Mere, 
<laughs> Sorry. Outside San Francisco, there's a park called Muir Woods named after John Muir. John Muir was a funny outdoorsist. You can go watch on PBS about him. But I mean, he's a guy who would climb up in the trees during a storm just to see what a tree experienced during a storm. <laughs> he, was, he was quite a character. Um, but in any case, so a rock has an experience. We can't identify with it, so be it, whatever. But a rock has a truth. You have a truth. I have a truth. We all have a truth. And it's our life experience. It's, it's, it's a factor of everything, but it's, it's what has happened through our lens. It is how we've perceived the world through our lenses and, and our hardware and all that stuff. And then the fact is outside of us. Fact is somewhere else. Um, so having those two things established, Ray, any, any edging perspective context we can put around facts or truths? I don't think so. Other than that, what, what this basically says, and we're trying to express to our audience is that the, the fact of the matter is that even a bad person may have good ideas, right? So, so even though someone's saying something that is not expressly proven by your truth, your personal truth, so you can say, I have never experienced police brutality, okay? That, that does not make you wrong. That does not make you. That does not make you a, a bad person or anything like that. That is your truth, and we respect that. And what that means, we have to respect everybody's truths. That there is no racism. However, when the facts come into play, that's when we all have to agree there is a clear difference. We understand each other's truths, but then when the facts are put in front of us, like a video or a fact, like um, a, a dash cam footage, it behooves the opportunity to say. Okay, that's when the issue comes is we're trying to delve into the fact that that should not happen. The fact of what happened is inappropriate in our society, but then it gets glazed over by individual truths, right? So people that say, I am a police officer and I would never do that, or I've been, my community has never had any issues like that. Again, people start just getting, getting kind of, it's okay to have your truths, but you need to understand that your truths are exclusive. So I don't know if that's kind of pushing it in the direction you wanted, Mike, but that's, that's what I feel. I think it's good, and I don't mind meandering around this one. Um, two truths don't make a fact. Right. <laughs> Three truths, a whole community of truths don't necessarily make a fact. Okay. Um, and so you can compare your notes all you want with your neighbors, but that's fine. I mean, those are all anecdotal individual examples and experiences of something, but once again, they don't correlate to a fact because all of your truths are about you and, and your perspectives and your experiences. The fact is still outside somewhere out there. And in, in the example you threw out there, maybe they don't believe the video is real. Well, fine. If you don't think the video is real, then you're arguing that that didn't happen. That's something entirely different. But if, if we're at a point where we can agree that that's a real video. We understand it was, you know, it came from a source that's reputable. Mm -hmm. Now let's, now let's weigh in on it, right? Let's just acknowledge that. Let's just have that debate or that discussion based on the assumption, the presumption of that truth. Cause we're not, we're not a court. We're not a judge. We're not on the jury. And we understand why you feel sensitive about these matters because unfortunately, um, the current existing media has a habit of telling you what your truth should be. And I, and I get that. That's why everybody feels manipulated is because the media shows you the video. And then a lot of times they try to define your truth for you, or they try to give you just enough context to make sure they, they only give you enough context that they can drive your truth. So it's not even your fault. You're not fall, per, fall, per, purposely falling into it. It's that the media is pushing a narrative which is their truth. Again, it's not the facts. It is their truth to manipulate your truth. And the weakness, I think, for, for a lot of us is that we stop there. We take someone else's truth and we go ahead and just file it away as truth. But in fact, you should know that it is a, it's a subjective truth and, and something that is, needs to be run through the fact machine, okay? So you got to run that truth through fact machine. And that takes a little bit of research or maybe going to a reputable organization um, that, that's going to help you digest the information, right? Just don't settle it and start regurgitating it because that's where truths um, become, uh, again, that community truth 
does not make it a fact, right? Does not convert it into actual, actual um, non-fallacy. And so you've got to be careful because once you go down the rabbit hole, you know, what will you fall for? You'll fall for anything at that point. I thought you said rabbit hoe. Don't talk about the rabbits like that. They are, they are naturally uh, breed a lot. And they deserve healthcare. <laughs> um, <laughs> the rabbits too. I think it's a good point to jump into the idea of logic, fallacy, and debate because you can, you know, you can, there are some things that are debatable and there are some things that, you know, just don't make sense to debate. And, and there's actually a skill and a way to go about debating things. And in order to do that, you got to be able to make statements that are cogent, they're on topic and they're factual, right? Because in order to present alternate perspectives around an idea, uh, there has to be some basis for it that we agree on. There's no point in arguing past one another, I think is the phrase. So it's like, first of all, in order to have a, an actual discussion or debate about something, you have to agree on what the topic is or what the item is, or, you know, you can't, you can't take a position on something that isn't essentially a fact that you agree on. And if you can't debate, then you can't progress anything anywhere. You can't come to a solution or a conclusion. Um, debate isn't something that just goes on forever and never stops. I mean, yeah, you present opposing viewpoints, but for our system, for our purposes, we have to bring things to conclusion. And sometimes that conclusion involves compromise. <laughs> but we have to agree on facts in order to know what we're compromising to. <laughs> um, you know, so logic and fallacies go, go hand in hand because a fallacy is the inverse of logic. Um, as logic goes, you know, it's kind of like, I guess the closest thing to equate it to would be mathematics and equation, you know, something on one side is equal to the other. They may not be the same, but we can agree that they're equal. And if we don't agree that they're equal or the same, or, you know, something about this is not right or abundantly correct, two plus two doesn't equal five. Um, logic gives us the means by which to test that, to bear that out, right? People have heard the term Boolean logic. You know, this plus this equals this and you result in true or false or um, anything like that. Now, in the space of language and law and human society and interaction, it's not as clean as mathematics. It's not as clean as an algebraic statement or an equation. Um, it's a little bit messier, a little bit dirtier. And so, you know, we have to we have to use a different methodology or a different approach. And, and that's where the idea of fallacies come in um, because these are ways to make an argument that is illogical, is not logic. In order to have a, a cogent debate um, to make sure that it's conforming to logic, it cannot involve fallacies and so highly recommend we'll have to figure out what link we want to put in the show notes but i think i admitted to ray i always go to google and that sends me to wikipedia for logical fallacies so <laughs> i i'm not vouching for the credibility of that um although i do like wikipedia i'm not saying i i don't vouch for the credibility of wikipedia but you know it's an article that's sourced you know by everyone so just isn't wikipedia the uh the ultimate practice in democratic democratic process. I mean, isn't it, doesn't it, isn't it? I mean, I know it can be edited constantly, but uh, I think that that is voting with your feet, right? Same thing with the, with the movement, it. right? You know, yes. like it's, so it's a- It's we, democratizing we, we, knowledge. <laughs> we like it. We like Wikipedia um, in mm -hmm. that sense, but- uh, You have to know I, how it got there. You have to know how the words got on the page. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead, Ray. No, I, I just, I don't really have too much to say other than this is a, a lifelong struggle. And this is the hard work um, that Citizens Prerogative wants to take on, which is trying to help you discern the difference between these. Um, and, and also trying to not discount those that have a genuine, I think we said it in previous episodes, when an individual comes and they, they, they throw out their feeling or their thought, I think we're too quick to tell them why they're wrong. 
instead of asking them another question and instead of asking them another question. And maybe you don't tell them they're wrong at all. Maybe you don't even express your opinion for once as an American. I know this is very hard, but for once we can just listen and we can just hear their truth, right? Now we're gonna come back with facts, but I, you'll do yourself a favor by listening to their truth, understanding it's their truth, okay? That doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that individual. It is their truth and respect it, but then try to come through the common ground through factual stilts. I don't know how else to say it, right? A building that's falling over, we can all agree it's falling over, right? The first thing we do is we stabilize it, okay? And you stabilize it with what? Putting a, a rudimentary structure around it. That's your facts, okay? And you start to get the building to stabilize. The building, you know, it's, it's kind of like a dance. And again, I've seen building stabilization because I do historical stuff and it fails all the time, right? It doesn't always work because the foundation in the end was just too damaged or the crumbling was too bad, right? But it's up to us. That's where our dem our democracy and our republic is. It's crumbling. Our institutions are literally crumbling. Their credibility is falling. And we are here um, as citizens' prerogative to be the stilts, to be the facts that help bring us to an equilibrium and keep the walls up. The roof is gone, I think. Um, it's, like the, it's like Notre Dame, frankly. The roof is gone, um, but we want to save these beautiful flying buttresses which is our, our um, constitution and our country. I, I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about the fallacies, um, just going through maybe some of the top ones that we see just to sure. put into context um, how people might be experiencing them. And, you know, this will be, be an ongoing endeavor, especially once we start having guests on after the foundation is done um, where we're going to have to be leaning into it because I think we're going to want to structure a lot of this in like old school forum. Go back to the basics. Let's go back. To, let's keep it simple. Let's go back to what worked, you know, and, and have standard debate. And uh, you know, we'll have to make sure that we're holding people to a tone for when they're slipping into logical fallacies um, because you can't win a logical debate with fallacies. It doesn't work. You don't end up anywhere useful because again, we're trying to advance knowledge. We're actually trying to materially get to a new place. We don't want to chase our tail. We don't want to, you know, talk past each other, argue the same thing and then come back and do it again later. No, 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 no we're not arguing for the sake of arguing. That's what yeah. we, we will have a mute button. Like, and I, I'm looking forward to when we release that shirt, because I know we're doing marketing. We say the, uh, uh, citizen do good, we have a mute button, because I think it's important that in, in these environments, again, the media lets them say those those sensational things because it fires you up and it gets you tuned in, right? Um, it behooves us to hit the mute button, explain what type of fallacy that they've traveled into, and give them a chance to respond to the fallacy. You know, we'll tell them, we may believe, we may believe that's an if by whiskey, fallacy. Uh, that's just what I'm throwing out that's on the site, but you're throwing a fallacy there and we need you to respond to that. Please stop your talking point and let's continue this discussion. And, and better or worse, um, that's what the people need and that's what the people want. They don't want to hear the talking head. They don't want to hear the same statement from that advisor that they've heard on five other stations. They want to come. I, I, I hope that people will want to come here to finally have someone stop them, mute them and say, stop you have a chance to respond logically, go. And, and if they don't, you hang up on them. I am so sick of wasting the American people's time on media so they can get you to watch another commercial, so you can stay tuned for the debate, so they can keep fighting, so you can get one more advertisement, which is going to, again, push you towards fallacies in general. No more pivots. That's how they get, that's why they don't answer. They don't actually answer. They throw out probably a lot of questions now still, but nobody answers anything. They pivot something else. The words, the, the next set of words that come out of their mouth are not germane to the topic. <laughs> or they somehow try and make it seem germane to the topic enough to just keep moving, like you said, onto the role, onto the, onto the moneymaker. 
Mm. Well, media is a different topic, a different subject, or uh, excuse me, different but, episode. But, but riddled in fallacies, though. Riddled you, in fallacies. You I, want to talk about a swamp. There's yeah, not just one swamp. If you, t- <laughs> if you talk about it, right, um, they, they use, I'm looking at, I'm looking. Oh, you're looking at the fallacies now. I'm yeah. looking at the fallacies. I'm like, like kettle so, logic. Well, yeah, kettle logic. They're in a kettle, right? So the, the news organizations have have kind of even segmented themselves in these two separate kettles of red and blue, and it's it's sick because uh, they're using kettle logic and these misconceptions that they're ju- jumbling together, right? It, it's crazy to me. Let's um, that, go lean into that one. Give us the definition. I'm not okay. even looking at it. Yeah, kettle logic using multiple jointly inconsistent arguments to defend a position. So I'll say that again, kettle logic. And it's so funny because I love this because kettle, you think of a kettle and it's like boiling and it's, mm-hmm. it's self-contained, right? It's just like what we're talking about, but kettle logic using multiple jointly inconsistent arguments to defend a position. It, oh. it's, it defines it so well, right? And I think that a uh, if we get any, if we ever have the chance to get a news organization on here, I want to be able to call them out like, Hey, we warned you about kettle logic. (laughs) Oh yeah. I guess somebody's got to know Anderson Cooper. Where is he? (laughs) Don Lemon strikes me as slightly less. We pick on CNN. Sorry, you guys. He's still part of the overall issue in the system because he's part of CNN, right? He's, he's still got to do his job. But I think... Um, oh, yeah, they're all paid. They're all doing their work. now. So yeah, yeah. not to be ad hominem attacking the people at CNN. No. They no. are a part. Like they're that, paid. They're going to if work. If you're in a position of power, it's our job to question you. That's the citizen's prerogative. It's our job to say, what are you doing with your power? Are you good? Are, wait a minute. All of us are Gwendola. Are you a good witch? Are you a bad witch? <laughs> be gone you have no power here that's what we want to be somebody able to drops say the house on you too. <laughs> be gone and we'll do that on our show if you're just going to come here and give us stuff i'll be like now be gone before somebody drops a house on you too <laughs> oh gosh i love i just i think we can just do a whole episode especially with guests on and be fun to go through logical fallacies because it's it, once you start looking at that list you're just shaking your head you're scratching your head you're like wait a minute so there's there technically is zero information available on paid for tv service right now um unless you're watching a documentary and then you gotta look at who made it careful now I do see on Wikipedia that kettle logic is listed as dubious and it needs to be discussed apparently. So uh, and then we'll be <laughs> we'll doing that here on citizen, uh, citizen's prerogative. <laughs> By all means. And we will put that label out there. Okay. You know what? Let's yeah, let's have that debate. Um, but grab, grab another one. Maybe that's a little less disputed. Maybe it's an older definition. People so I'm trying to lose that. I'll, I'll see if anything okay. comes up to me, but, but, well, but I don't think, well, here's the thing. Don't forget, Michael, you forget all the time, we are philosophers, so it is it is up to us to take undefined ideas and try to challenge them. And I, I challenge you, fellow philosopher, to find a better explanation to the fallacy that's going on in the news media organizations than kettle logic. They're all in their own little pots, boiling their stories and oh. producing them. No, no, I, 100%, I agree. I agree that kettle logic makes sense. And if the name is something else, because there's literally either hundreds or thousands of fallacies i don't know i haven't seen the whole list nor have i um it's an it's an old list <laughs> uh and i there's so much on it though because then you can break it down so the kettles yeah they're all kettles but in the kettles right there's constituent parts to what they've been brewing that disgusting brew and so you got those talking heads right the talking heads are well yeah, the talking heads are full of ad hominem. Ad hominem is attacking individuals to discredit their ideas rather than attacking the ideas on their own merit because you actually don't have any facts. You don't have any reputable argument to make in opposition to something. You just don't like it. So then you start attacking the person who puts it forward. Um, we see that a lot every time, like there's a lot of isms getting tossed around right now, especially around economic models. And it's, it's called totally cauldron stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of ad hominem there. There's no logical attacking of these. There's no cogent arguments or debates being had about any of those ideas or those systems. They're throwing out the labels as bad words like, Oh, look news, ah, news. (laughs) 
look, something might happen. News. Ah. <laughs> I feel like I was channeling Andrew Yang. Andrew Yang. Oh, what a good like. That's, that's I like I like his basic income. Uh, the the. I, There's so many fallacies that we can apply to the media that we'd be here all day. So. We, we would be here all day. We'd be here all day. <laughs> but, the, but, you know, it's just as hard. We were talking about videos earlier, and it occurred to me, you know, it's just as hard to discern facts and credibility in the moment. Like when we're having interactions with individuals, and this is, this is critical to debate because you can't fact check on the fly. Even today yet, I mean, we're not still at a point where, and, and hopefully we never have to get to the point where we need to always be fact-checking on the fly. But in the back of your mind, you're always fact-checking on the fly. You're usually reading somebody's face, their body language, you're listening to their intonations, whether or not you trust them. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're not necessarily using logical methods or means to test the information that's coming out of their mouths, but you know what you are doing. You're reading them and you're, com you're taking everything they give you and you're compartmentalizing. You're putting it in its own box with its own label for this shady, shady character that just unloaded all this quote unquote information on you. You have the capacity to do that. And you have to do that. It's important. You should always be intaking. You should always be letting all of that stuff in and let it land, but you need to be able to compartmentalize it. Like Ray said, mm -hmm. you don't need to take anybody else's truth. Keep your truth, own your truth. And this is where you get to be cafeteria style, right? That box comes in, there's some stuff in there. I'll peruse through it. I'll be like, you know what? I hadn't considered that. And I think that's actually right. I don't know where they got it, but I'm going to take that and I'm going to go look at that a little bit more and I'm going to explore it because I think it's valuable. I can't tell you how many nuggets of gold I've found in piles of shit. <laughs> That's, I, there's no there's no good image for that but there is always a way you can always learn from a situation just like you can learn from a bad boss you can learn from a bad government you can learn from a, a poorly run municipal uh, you, you know, learn structure. from you others learn. mistakes yeah <laughs> you learn right we've learned we learn constant that's why history is so important that's why um facts are important that's why you know make sure making sure you protect your truth from other people's damaging ideas your truth has to be again framed with your own um your own resources and such and again we're not here to define everyone's truths that is not the mission here and that shouldn't be the mission of anybody's life our only goal here is to create a free space of conversation of thought of debate and a place you can come and get reliable information where we will not put up with again propaganda um, large scale fallacies that we're not, if we're, we know there's a fallacy being presented, we are going to put the brakes on the individual. We are not going to let it slide because that is what happens everywhere else. And, and we're sick of it for sensationalism, for sensationalism and pure ratings. It's, it's almost, it's almost criminal in some ways. Oh, if we could hold them to account, the fourth estate, it's coming up. And then there are politicians too. Again, the politicians in their own way, they need the ratings. So they fall into the system, they fall victim to it. So again, you, you, you kind of, I kind of feel bad for politicians too, because they are kind of trying to jump through these hoops too. Uh, they have to have all this money to be able to fund these campaigns. And so they too, so don't be too upset with the politicians because yeah. remember the system is just different for them. It's stacked yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah. financial and it's heavy. We're all in this system. Believe it or not, there's a case to be made to feel bad for the wealthiest among us. Agreed. I, I mean, I've, I'm not going to cry, but I think for perspective's purpose, the system we have today doesn't work well for anybody. Not, not one human. The system we have today does not work well for one human, and most of us don't realize it. It doesn't matter how much money you have. If you don't have money, though, it's pretty severe. It's the human condition right up on you. And you're probably in the concrete jungle. You're not in the wild where you've been adapted to survive on your own. Well, not on your own. None of us survive on our own. We're not that animal. We, we also have to be careful because because there are not fundamental freedoms because it's all fiduciary driven freedoms like so your access and your ability to travel and your ability to uh, go to the schools you want it's all based on your money so mm. in a sense we only have fiduciary the more money you have the f more your freedom your is freedoms freedom should be freedom across the board and it, you know 
the only thing that I want Bezos to have more than me is more money and that's it. No additional access, no additional votes, no additional influence. He really needs to be brought down to level. And that's if, it. If, yeah, if I can't travel during pandemic, he shouldn't travel during pandemic. I don't care if he has so, a private jet. Well, and that's the thing you have to ask. Like, so we've allowed him as the people, as the economy, the owners of this economy, um, the tr our truth is that we've accepted that these very rich people can have way more than we would ever have in our lives. And that's acceptable. What happened and to solidarity? Right. Anyway, sorry. I interrupted you, Ray. No, no. I mean, you're absolutely right that what happened to that, what happened to, and I'm not saying that it's not, it's the government's job. I mean, but it, unfortunately it isn't. I don't know. That's not for us to say. We can debate it. Yeah. We're the libertarians. Yeah, I know. We're my anarchists. We haven't talked. We, we at need some the point anarchists. We'll talk about we need it. your help. But it's, this is a, this is a tough debate. Again, what I need to just tee this up. Um, again, we've been talking a lot. We've been going on a lot of deep topics, but Michael and I will not always operate in a, um, in an echo chamber. And we said this on the um, content that's available to our Patreons. Um, but I just want to make this comment to everyone here that if, um, if it seems like Michael and I are just going back and we're debating each other and we're just having these conversations, we're doing this for you. Because when we have the guests on, the pundits, when we have the analysts on, we are not gonna be able to spend a lot of time talking about our philosophy. So we want you, the listeners, to know where we're coming from. We're trying to give you a foundational exposure uh, to Michael, uh, to our logic. So essentially, if we can help you get there, that way when we ask the tough questions, when we press them, when we hit that mute button during these interviews, we don't want any of you to be shocked why we did it. You all should have a clear understanding because we're trying to lay it out all first. So um, that's why we're not bringing in a ton of guests yet. We need to set some boundaries. We need to bake the cake. Okay, before we actually try to serve it out and say, hey, would you like some tea and, and democracy? You know, he's like, we need to bake the cake. We get to, yeah, I'm going to have something to get on. There's a sound bite for you. What do we sell? <laughs> I'll do it a little better, a little cleaner. Would you like some cake and democracy? <laughs> Shouldn't have laughed. I know <laughs> you're ruining my sound bite, but thank you. Sorry, we digress, audience. I love it because that's the end of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> For more information on this and other episodes, head over to citizendogood.com and click on Citizens Prerogative. While you're there, register to log in and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from the community. We have been your hosts. Thank you, Mr. Raymond Wong Jr. And thank you, Mr. Piscatelli. It truly has been a cakewalk. <laughs> it has been something, that's for sure. Ah, and thank you to you, our listeners. We save the best for last. You are the best. You have been for years. Thank you for your support. You know, or we know, we know it's painful and we love you for sticking in here with us. We'd also like to mention that the intro music was sampled from OK Class by Ozzy Jock under Creative Commons license through freemusicarchive.org. Other music provided royalty-free through Fessilin Studios. 